What a privilege it is to always be able to come and share um, something of the Word of God with you. I'm really excited. We're in the middle of our vision series here at Riverside. Um, and in the, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, God speaking, he says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Who knows that we're in a new season here as a church. You can feel it. You can feel it in what's going on. We want to be a people who sees the new things that God is doing here at Riverside. Now, as a leadership team over the last couple of weeks, we've been unpacking some of the areas that we believe God is leading us into the church he wants us to become. And the reason we're doing that is because we want you to join with us in seeing the new things that God has for us. Because let me tell you, until you see it, you won't serve it. And until you serve it, you definitely won't share it. And we want to do that. We want to be, it get boiled down to three particular statements. This is our vision for Riverside. We want to be a people who flow in the Holy Spirit, in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We want to be a people who grows the family of God. And we want to be a people that goes into the mission and discipleship of Jesus Christ. Riverside, we want to be a community of people who are flowing, growing, and going. Who's on board? Good. Last week, Graham and Liz unpacked a little bit about what it's going to look like going forward um, for us as a church and sort of to grow the family of God. Next week, Chris will come really excitingly and talk about what that means from a mission perspective as we go into the mission. But in this week, we're going to talk about a little bit of something that happens in between, and that is discipleship. And to give you a bit of an outline of where we're heading this morning, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes just sort of like giving a brief overview of what discipleship is. What are the key principles to discipleship? And then we're going to have a bit, we're going to invite Pastor Aaron to come up. We're going to have a bit of a conversation um, about what does that practically look like? Yeah, it's all good knowing what discipleship is, but what for Riverside does that mean? What does that mean now? And what does that mean tomorrow? What does that mean going forward as well? Well, when I talk about discipleship, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the process of becoming a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. It's something that very much crosses over two of our vision sort of line statements, both the growing and the going. Jesus in the Great Commission said, go into all the world and make disciples. Listen, he doesn't just say, go and make believers. It's deeper than that. He says, go and make disciples. Jesus somewhere else says, even the demons believe. But he says, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to go and make people who will live lives like mine. That's discipleship. If you're a Christian here today, one day you made a decision to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. And that day was today. Now you may have made that decision first many years ago. But every day is a daily choice that we've got to make to say, I'm going to put Jesus first today. Because I may have chosen Jesus yesterday, but I can choose something different today. Luke 2, uh, 52 says of Jesus that he grew in wisdom and stature in favour with God and man. Jesus was intentional about his growth. That's the first principle of growth I want you to write down in your notebooks or keep in your mind. We need to be intentional about growth. Me and Chloe. We have a little house that we live in, um, and out the back of our house, we've got a garden. And I've already learned the principle that if we, do, if we don't take care, if we don't take responsibility of our garden, it can quickly become unruly. And I won't lie to you from the platform, we're currently in one of those times. We're, it's a bit unruly out there in a minute. Um, it's been a busy couple of weeks, but no excuse. But who knows that in our spiritual journey, in our discipleship journey, if we don't take care and responsibility, 
it can sometimes get a bit unruly. Things begin to grow that shouldn't be growing. And things that should be growing stop growing. And if we're not growing spiritually, a lot of times we can put it down because we're probably not being intentional enough with our discipleship. Or we're, probably, or we're definitely not being consistently intentional enough with our pursuit of discipleship. We want to be a church who are intentional about their disciples, about growing to become more like Jesus. We want to be passionate about becoming a church that looks like Jesus, every one of us. When you go out to your workplace, you look like Jesus. When you go out to hang out with friends, you look like Jesus. We want to become disciples of Jesus of that form. Jesus in Matthew 16, 24 says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. We need to want to follow Jesus. We need to want to be a disciple of Jesus. We need to be intentional and make a decision. The next line in that verse, Matthew 16, 24, If any of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. Second principle of discipleship is that it costs. Jesus in Luke 14, he says to us, look, listen, you want to be my disciples, you've got to count the cost. You've got to count the cost. If I want to see these plants grow, I'm going to have to invest something into them. First, I'm going to have to buy some real ones. (laughs) Um, But it... It is true, but you know, if I want to keep my lawn nice, I'm going to have to pay a bit. I'm going to have to buy the evergreen. I'm going to have to get the secateurs. What secateurs? Sounds a bit posh, you say. The secateurs. I'm going to have to get a watering can. I'm going to have to put some time. I'm going to have to put some effort into doing that. And if we want to become disciples of Jesus, we need to put some time and effort into it. Because let me tell you, the cost is not small. The cost is complete surrender. I saw this Bill Johnson quote this week and I loved it. He says, we only leave moments with God with a significant change in the measure that we come to him in surrender. Taking up our cross, guys, means complete surrender of ourselves. Paul says it like this, for me to live is Christ. Everything about me is Christ. It's what disciple is, discipleship is. Jesus was completely surrendered to the will of his father in the garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours. And this is the example that we follow. Discipleship, following Jesus, it costs. But as it costs, as Jesus was sustained by his father, as we surrender ourselves to the cause of following Jesus, he sustains us too. I love how Beth put it last week. That she, she said, or oh, a couple of weeks ago when she was talking about the presence. She says, we don't want to be lukewarm lovers. We want to be lovesick lovers of Jesus. We want to be a church of surrendered souls. Let me make it specific to discipleship. We don't want to be a group of fair weather followers. We want to be a community of full-on, sold-out followers of Jesus Christ. Is anybody in for that? Yeah, I am. And finally, the third principle I want to talk about is that relationships are key. As a church, we want to help each other grow as we grow in our discipleship of Jesus Christ. We are not designed to do it alone. We're so much better when we do it together. It's so much easier spiritual growth when you're surrounded by others who are also growing spiritually. It's hard when you're alone. When God created man and woman in Genesis, he first created...
created an atmosphere where they could grow. He created an environment where their relationships with God and with each other could thrive. And we want this church to be an environment where we can grow, where we can have great God-central relationships. Jesus grew his disciples in relationships. They hang out together. They did, went on adventures together. They laughed together. They ate together. We want some of that here at Riverside too. But they also, guess what Jesus did? He kept them accountable. They were accountable to what they said and did. If we want to be a community who grows to become more like Jesus, we've got to have accountability as part of what we do. We've got to be willing to say to people, look, listen, if I'm doing or saying something that's not in line with Jesus or Jesus' heart, can you tell me? I'm so grateful for the people in my life who've had the strength of character to say to to me, look, Josh, you got it wrong there. You shouldn't have said that. That didn't quite reflect the heart of Jesus. It takes courage. It's not easy. Nobody likes that part of discipleship. Everybody's like, discipleship, I want to become like Jesus. Get me in, get me in. Do you want to be made accountable to somebody? Nah. Sometimes it can strike a bit close to home, but it's imperative. You will grow away from the things of God if you do not put yourself in healthy accountability models. Iron sharpens iron. To summarise then, discipleship, what is it about? It's about intentionality. It costs and it's better and it's easier when we do it together. You know, when we are connected, when we are committed to helping each other, when we are committed to being there when somebody's going through a tough time, when we're committed to praying for somebody when they're having a great time and they're celebrating, when we're committed to praying for people who are about to get married in the next week, when we're committed to praying for those who are about to go to university, and we're going to do that now, and then me and Dad are going to come up in a second. As Josh said, we're going to spend a couple of moments just for praying for a couple of people that are part of this church. Um, we are really committed and we are one big family. So I want to invite Rebecca and Alice to come up on the stage. You'll give them a big round of applause. So Rebecca and Alice are part of our young adults group and both of them are going off to university. Rebecca, do you want to say where you're going and what you're doing? I'm going to Cardiff to study history. Ooh, right, right. And where are you going, Alice? I'm going to Chichester to do musical theatre. Oh, nice, nice. Right, fantastic. So these girls, Rebecca has been part of this church since you were 12. Is that right? Yeah, and we've seen her come up through the youth group and through our young adults group, and she is incredible, and we love you so much. And Alice, how long have you been here? since March. So she's been here nearly six months. And again, we've just loved having you part of our young adults group. And we want to send you guys off and commission you into this next really, really exciting season of your life. And we're going to do that in just a second. I'm also going to invite Matt and Amber to come up and Chris and Lynn, if they're here. Are Chris and Lynn here? They are. Oh, they're there. They're hiding. They always sit over there. They've changed it up. Fantastic. So this is Matt and Amber and you guys are getting married on Friday. Come into the light, come into the light, so everyone can see your lovely faces. And then this is Lynn and Chris, and you're getting married on Saturday. Hey. <laughs> exciting. It's an exciting week, isn't it? There's lots going on. People leaving, people moving into, but all of you are moving into a new and exciting season of your life. And we really want to commit that to God and commit as a family to loving on you guys, to praying for all you guys as you move into this next new exciting season. So why don't we stand as family and put our hands out out towards these guys as we pray for them. 
Father, we thank you so much for Rebecca and for Alice. And we thank you for this new and exciting season that they are going into. We just pray for a real bravery and courage as they go into the university space and sphere. We pray that they will be bold, courageous Christians in those spaces. We pray for new friendships and um, new relationships to form with those around them, those that they're in classes with and those that they live with, Father. And we pray that they will find a church that is right for them, Jesus. As they search, they will find somewhere that they are called to, people that love them just as much as we love them here in this space, Father. And we pray for Matt and Amber as they get married on Friday. We just thank you for all their um, years at Riverside. We just thank you that Amber came up through our our kids' work and our our young adults' work and our youth work and that she's here today, Father. And we just pray a real blessing over both of them. And may any nerves or worries be taken away in Jesus' name. And we pray for Chris and Lynn as well. We thank you for the incredible couple that they are and all that they are doing in Exmouth as well, Jesus. We just pray a real blessing over them. And again, any plans and worries that they may have, Father, just comes together. And we just thank you for all these guys as they move into this next season. Will we be a family that supports them and loves them as they step into the new things? And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. You may take a seat. Sit down. Fantastic. I'm now going to go pass on to Josh, who's going to go into the next bit. Brilliant. Um, It's great to celebrate with each other, isn't it? We should be a cult. We should have a culture where we love to celebrate with each other. Um, what we're going to do now is so we've talked a bit about the principles of discipleship. Now I'm going to talk about the practicalities. What does that look like for us? So I'm going to invite Pastor Aaron to come and join us. Give her a big round of applause for Pastor Aaron. How are you? You all right? Yeah, no, good. Okay. Really good. Got back late last night from Coventry. Good, yeah. Safe. Good. Um, <laughs> What were you doing in Coventry? I was speaking up. I was training leaders. There was about 150 young leaders coming into ministry in wow. AOG. And it's the biggest it's ever been. The culture was just fantastic. There's a massive church planting vision being rolled out. And this is just part of it. So it's good to be part of oh, the cool. training. That's good. That's it. We're all learning. Um, maybe t- why don't you tell us, start off by sort of chatting through, um, what are the places that discipleship happens here at Riverside? Like, wh- like what sort of situations do they happen? Um, and maybe what, going forward, what are some of the places where discipleship may happen going into the next year? Yeah, I think as we grow... Um, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, he, he actually taught about spaces like the, the, the sower, mm. you know, where the seed of the word of God needs to go into good places like the soil, sure. not the rocks or the mm. thistles and things like that. And so we, we should learn and develop what's a good space for us to grow mm. in. Uh, one of the things that he, Jesus said, I will build my church. And I, I think this talks about our public space of our life, that actually church is an environment for growth. Mm. And church is actually not so much a building, but it's actually a people. It's mm. a community. Mm-hmm. And we really grow. When we come and we meet together, we grow in that. The intentional growth as well in the public is like core. So that's mm-hmm. another level mm-hmm. which goes beyond just the community of church, but the specific courses like Alpha or Freedom in Christ Brilliant. and other courses. Even Academy comes into that where we go into this intentional, specific learning. Mm-hmm. And that's a really positive um, growth space too, still in the public. And then our small group program that we have in the church, Connect Group, that's also in the public where we just go, I'm just going to gather a smaller mm-hmm. group, still mm-hmm. the community of Christ and in there there's incredible growth that already goes on and there's care, study and prayer. For sure. To move it a little bit deeper in that because I think that happens to a certain point but there is something we need to grow and another level is where we grow one to one Mm. Um, and just uh, in, in reference to 
Peter, who we talked about his funeral, is on Thursday. Yeah. He was a person in my life who grew me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I can tell you, his conservatory was a space where I would go, even in, in, as I first came into leadership, uh, and he was an elder, I'd actually go in and go, I'm just really frustrated about mm. this or this. I don't know. I don't believe I can do that. And I would just spout, really. Mm. And he would just sit and grow me. One-to-one is really important. Now, the great thing is, although Peter has been promoted to glory, I have people like John For in sure. the house who's sure. always continued and carried on that mandate. And there will always be people that pick up. And in part, I'm really thankful of those people who do that for me. Mm. But also, I know I've been incredibly intentional um, to grow. So somebody who I'm, I'm, who's slightly outside church, Gordon Hickson, will know. Mm-hmm. When I got my cancer diagnosis, um, he drove all the way down from Oxford to here. We had a meal together. And this is what he said, which kind of blown me away in my personal growth. He said, Aaron, I don't know how tough this is going to be for mm-hmm. you. He said, but I, I, knew, I do know church. If you need me, I will move down to Exeter and I will help you with the church. Mm. Uh, and I, I was like, wow. Mm, you know, and wow. that person's greatness grew my greatness, For sure. if you understand. And so this one-to-one level is really key. And, and I think it's key that we look for people to grow mm-hmm. and, and we look for people to grow us. Mm. You know, that's a really good place. And then last, that's kind of our personal space. But the last one, which is where we grow the most, and that's our private. private. Yeah. And this is the place where we are one-on-one with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's our prayer space, that's our worship space, that's our, our private reading. And those spaces, if we do those five levels, mm. you know, our self-leadership, yeah. one-to-one, small group, courses, and church, we actually grow to be uh, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Yeah. And we talked about, um, when we were prepping this, um, sometimes about accountability. Mm. You, when, when you look at these, these sort of places where discipleship happens, you can, at points, find yourself hiding at various levels. Mm. You can hide on a Sunday. You can mm. come into church, yeah. you can put your hands in, your, in the air, you can put your hands in your pocket, give them the offering, you can chuck as many heavy coins as you want in there. <laughs> but sometimes you can still be hiding something that's going on behind yeah. the scenes. You can do that, even do that in a classroom. The, it, it gets more difficult as you get into the living room mm. and then the one-on-one and the secret place, you can't hide there. And that's why it's really important that we get into accountable relationships with one another. Mm. Where really, if we can tick off as many of these places, I'm spending time. Now, it may not be every single week that I'm doing that. But regularly, that I'm in each of these places, then no doubt growth's going to happen. Mm. Not just growth in a positive sense, but all the negative growth, where sin might try and yeah. stifle up, that's going to get cut down right at the door. Because somebody's saying, look, boom, I heard how you talked to your wife there. You should, I wouldn't talk like that. Come on. Like, and I think that's a really healthy thing, and we chat about it, didn't we? So. I just, um, it's worth saying, as you were talking earlier, you sparked something brand new. One of the persons who's probably grown me the most is Rachel. Mm. Her ability to be incredibly honest and straight. You know, if I slightly ear or make an error, you know, she's just, she's just on mm-hmm. that. So I kind of want to, life-giving relationships in our marriages and with our partners, are, we should grow and encourage that. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be nowhere near who I am today without her shaping, you know, and our cultivation. And I saw that image, you know, when you, like you're growing mm-hmm. your garden and things like that. Occasionally we need to cut bits off to get greater sure. growth. You know, sure. there's no doubt Rachel's played that role in my life and we need to have the humility and the strength to hear mm-hmm. that voice because mm-hmm. it grows us better. 100%. You know, me and Chloe have been married six months now and uh, she keeps me accountable yeah. to the dishes, <laughs> to, the, to the 
<laughs> like, listen, if I leave a tissue on the floor, I'm getting told about it. It's good, I need it, you know, so like, just pray for patience for me, like, sort of, uh, forbearance, all that stuff. Uh, but it's, it's true, you know, it's true, and I, we, we all get better. We don't always like it, you know? No. What is it about, do you think maybe it's worse for, for British people? I don't know, but, because um, we're so polite, aren't we? If anybody ever says anything that sort of says, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and we back away, but actually such a healthy it dynamic is. to a relationship that sometimes we kind of leave the, oh, we'll just kind of let that person slide down a slippery slope. That's not Jesus' love. Mm. Jesus, to his best friend Peter, says, get behind me, Satan, when he does something wrong. That's, whoa, 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 that's strong. But Jesus was willing to challenge and keep his disciples, and yeah. we should be without each other, just being kind, kindly and graciously. Yeah. Never with a heart to condemn or convict somebody, because that's not our job. It's just to love somebody better. When you're a parent, you love a child, you tell them not to touch the kettle because they'll burn themselves. Yeah. You may even say, don't touch the kettle! You know, that happened to me a couple of times. Um, but, you think, but, but it's love. It's the motivation is love. It's not discipline. And that's important that we understand that. We see it with Jesus, don't we? When um, the woman at the well, you know, there were so many things going on in her life that actually he just forges this incredible relationship mm-hmm. in the dead context and then just starts to love and direct mm. And he directs her to freedom, yeah. you know, and she becomes an incredible evangelist that tells of the God's, Jesus' wonderful grace in that, and we can learn so much from that encounter. Love it, mm-hmm. love it. So that's the places. Talk us through the, what are the stages of discipleship that somebody might, we've got Joe Bloggs comes in um, to Riverside on a Sunday. What are the stages of discipleship that he might be, expect, he could expect to go through um, over the next couple of weeks, months, years? What might that look like? Yeah, I think this goes into the intentional discipleship conversation from a church. We have mm. to sit down and go, how do we do that as a church? And spiritual formation is a theological practice that we look at and go, right, there are stages that we all grow through and grow to. You know, and what we use is the words behind us, that when we first come to Jesus, it's about knowing God. And there might sure. be somebody at this stage right now. Um, mm-hmm. And what we really want to do is acknowledge people who are very early in their faith and effectively provide a mentoring system, a one-to-one so anybody who just said yes to Jesus, we just will be there and we'll allocate you. And we're going to allocate pastors you know, mm. whose responsibility mm. is to look after every Bro. new believer that actually grows them at that stage. You know, but also as we grow in God, it's that thing that we become aware of things in our life by which we need to find freedom for. Mm-hmm. You know, our pastoral care team are tasked already with the responsibility on a one-to-one appointment basis that they will have coffees and they will talk with people whatever the mm. challenge is whatever the issue is and we have done that always for for many years and we will grow that team to be able to do that and say I'm struggling in my relationship is there anybody can help and pray with me the answer for Riverside is yes you know we know it's seasonal so it's not something that is for life commitment there Mm -hmm. but it's just while this is presenting we will put this incredible team in who will come and walk you through that journey that's a healthy culture Mm -hmm. and we, we don't stay as new believers you know when we find freedom in that we then move into that more mature phase of I realize God has got a plan for my life Mm -hmm. and we need people to identify so that stage of this one-to-one mentoring of discovering your purpose which is where we step up a little bit and uh, you know it might be some of our leaders in the church some of our mature people will say hey 
what are you called to do and be and serve in this house? Love that. You know, and to have that house focus and then, you know, you might be able to shake hands on the door. You might be able to really good hospitality. You might join the youth team or the children's team. And it's like this recruitment exercise because you, what did you say about service? Just say that again on that S. That was incredible. I just kind of, I didn't have a chance to write it down about the stages. You that right on serving. Is it, was it in your notes or was this? <laughs> <laughs> I was so good. It must have been it Jesus. It was service and share was the last it, two. Do you remember? We served the vision. Um, oh, we, yeah, yes. yeah. No, yeah, I'm with you. It, we, <laughs> yeah, that, that was still Jesus, but I did write it down. <laughs> Somewhere. But it, it, oh, yeah, see it, seeing it, serving it, and sharing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it was just a genius pathway, really, and it just picks up on... I, I do have this incredible gift, I guess it's prophetically, to look into people and go, do you know what, you'd be great at that. For sure. Uh, and it's just about releasing people into serving Jesus. Love so that's that. the discovery purpose, and we want to do that and mark that. And then finally, you know, make a difference. Make a difference. This incredible thing where all of us are in one community actually going to make a difference. So every team leader, mm-hmm. like you, lead the young adults with Chloe um, and the young people, that you become responsible for your team and their discipleship sure. growth. And, sure. and it's the same with the worship team. It's the same with the welcome team, hospitality. Mm-hmm. I want our leadership to rise. And if you serve in Jesus, it's really important we know that you know Jesus yeah. and your service team. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and so we're going to just celebrate that. So is that, that's just a kind of that's forward really helpful. That's really helpful. And we've talked about that before um, here at church. And it's worth making notes of this stuff because we're committed to this. This is part of our vision series. We want this to be part of our DNA, who we are. It's important that if you want to be part of this church that you know this stuff because you're going to carry the culture. And actually when you go out into your workplace, we want you to carry this thing. We want you to be making a difference there too. If we just make a difference here in church, we can become a holy club. And that's not what we're called to be. We are called to go out and make disciples. A question, and I, I think this is um, something that, that's really interesting. Where do we get stuck? Where, where, like you've, been in, you've led this church for many years now. How many years? Um, 15 years Four. as a senior. He's really old. Um, <laughs> 15, I was 11 then. So, um, so, but to, so talk about some of the things you've seen in your time about pitfalls that we could fall into when it comes to discipleship. Things that where the gaps where, where you know, I could, maybe I'll get stuck at one stage or I get stuck at one place and I struggle to move past that and sort of what you've seen in your, your experience. Yeah, and if we can keep an eye on the growth track, um, we get stuck when we take our eyes off Jesus. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, because the discipleship is, I'm growing in the knowledge uh, and the mission of discipleship of Jesus Christ. So yeah. we, when we take our eyes off, we, we focus on other things. So the first stage of knowing God, if we take our eyes off God, we just take, put it back onto ourselves. Mm. You, you know, and, and that's this, you know, the parable of the sower again. That's For a sure. shallow commitment yeah, yeah. that actually, because the sun comes out and because we haven't got the roots in. Mm. We just drift away. So this is why coming to church regular is about putting roots in. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. because in church, there's some bite-sized stuff of the Bible that actually helps us just go into that deep and we get beyond that. The finding freedom is the thistle part. Yeah. You know, it's just when we start to mature, we realize there are stuff in our life that's a little bit toxic. Yeah. You know, and that could be some of our values from our parents. It could be some of our habits. Tell me, tell me about it. <laughs> 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 Sorry, sorry. You know, it, it is true, but yeah. we, we've got to go, right, I, I think this is unhelpful, mm-hmm. uh, and I think this is where we need some, some master gar- gardeners to come in and mm-hmm. just go, I'm just going to advise you to trim that for out, sure. for take sure. that out, and, and we see we can grow. So they're sticking points, and you'll know what those thistles are. I, I actually feel I don't need to. We talk about the Holy Spirit tells you, and 
You'd know. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I've said something stupid. Yeah. Not because Rachel tells me. But uh, <laughs> she, she does. does. She yeah. does. Yeah. Um, but I'll know it before she gets there. Yeah. And, you know, and, but there's something in us. That, and that's the Holy Spirit walking us through this continual mm. journey on that. And then I would say for the discovery of purpose, we sometimes can move into a bit of laziness of, you know what, I'm doing okay as a Christian. For I, sure. I've kind of hit this balance. I, I, can, I, can, I can do enough. To convince everybody I'm doing okay. Put your hand up if you've ever been there. I have. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just settle. Uh, and actually, I think Jesus goes, you know what? There's more in you. For sure. There, there is more in you. Right? And I, yesterday in the conference, and I know I was serving conference and serving other leaders, mm-hmm. but I was stood there. And you know, I felt God speak to me going, you are greater than you think you are. And I, there was this huge growth potential mm. that I felt God drew me going, do not settle for the level that you Love are that. at. Yeah, that's and true. God's going, that's I true. have got more for you. Mm. There, there's more to know about me. There's more to do. And I listened to this story of this guy who is 80. Um, and he is he has eradicated homelessness in the place that where he lives. Wow. And he was telling this story. And he is this doddery old man. He really, he looks doddery, he thinks that he's sharp, I know that. But he's just literally, he's one on stage, but he, he talks to us and he, he said, I didn't start this till I was 57. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm not 57 yet, just in case you're wondering. He, but, he, he just uh, looks like he is. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, joking, I'm joking. But I, I loved it because he turned to everybody and he said, he said, you are just me. Yeah. I am just you, he said. And all I did was, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And at 57, he launches his incredible business, buys property. If he did it privately, he would be a millionaire. Mm. But he's built all of this whole housing structure across the UK. Brilliant. And he's eradicated ho- homelessness in, in a way that's just phenomenal. Mm. Um, and this 57-year-old, he's now 80, and he's still doing it. And, mm. it, and he, said to, he, said, he said to me... Um, I'm just reading the Bible, more Bible because I've realized there's so much I don't know about Jesus. Wow. And he said, and I feel I'm in the death phase of my life. But wait, oh. I'm, I'm going to die soon. He said, because he said statistically, but he said, and I feel like I don't know enough about Jesus. Mm. And I'm like sitting there going, wow. Mm. And yet he's still fully active. So there, let's keep going. Mm. I think it's For the sure. Let's keep growing. Be intentional. You know, find relationships, you know, and just understand there's a cost to that growth. Mm. And it's, it's, I think one of the key takeaways that I'd love for you to carry away with you is how practical discipleship is. Look, for us to be able to allow the supernatural to move properly into our lives, we have to make a natural decision to uh, surrender ourselves to it. It's very, it means that, look, I've got to make a decision to stop doing something or start doing something. It's very practical. Sometimes we wait for that. I'm going to wait for the Holy Spirit to lead me to stop doing that. Just stop doing it or start doing it. He's been leading you for years. You know the conviction in your heart to stop or start doing something. Just commit to it. It can sometimes just be as small as a whisper. And that's how we're going to respond today, if that's okay. If you want to come up, Rich, in the band. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to take out your notebook or your phone or something you can take notes on as a way of responding. Just pop that out and wave it in the air like it's a Coldplay concert. I'm going to be incredibly practical with this response here. And we're, we're going to, what we're going to do is, I'm going to invite you to, on, the, on your notes, on your notes on your phone or your iPad or whatever, I want you to commit to do one thing to progress your discipleship this week. Maybe that needs, that will be moving from one place to another place. Okay, well, you know, in my place, I've got a lot of, I come to church every Sunday, maybe I need to join a connect group. 
Maybe I'm in a connect group and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm coming to church every Sunday. Maybe I need to find a one-to-one discipleship relationship. Maybe you need to spend more time in the secret place. And I just want you to, on your notes, just commit one, just one thing. This week, I want to respond to the call that Jesus has given me to be a better disciple by reading my Bible every day with him going out for a coffee with somebody and asking them will you speak into my life when you see something that's not right will you tell me maybe it's a decision to progress in the stages further you feel like you've been knowing God for a long time and you know you need to find freedom now there's, there's things in your life that you need to break free from and you need to ask somebody here at church to help you with that maybe you don't know your purpose you need to plug into a relationship that will help you discover what your purpose is. And maybe you just need to start serving and making a difference. You can read all the Bible you want, but until you live it, it's not real to you. Once you've done that, I'll pray. Holy Spirit, right now, thank you that you're present with us. Thank you that you disciple us Thank you that you love us, you're patient with us, you teach us, you speak straight to us. Help us to grow in our discipleship of Jesus Christ. We want to become a community that looks like Jesus, who loves like Jesus, who lives like Jesus. May we surrender all of ourselves to you right now. In Jesus' name. Oh, man.